Welcome to the Nathan Bitzer Show. Today I'm going to tell my origin story and how I came to live and now coach others on a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm going to give my personal health journey and my results when I started living this lifestyle. I'm joined by, joined by some good friends today, even my mother, to talk about the feedback on my story as they share parts of their own journey. This podcast is not intended to be medical advice. Please consult a physician before making any changes to your diet or medications. All episodes of The Nathan Bitzer Show are recorded live on the Clubhouse app, and you can join the live audience as well. You can follow me on the Clubhouse app and the Clubhouse House, My Keto Recovery, or the Clubhouse House Keto for the Soul. That's Keto, the number four, the soul. I am a health coach and can be hired at NathanBitzer.com or MyKetogenicRecovery.com. You can also follow me on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all under the same username, My Keto Recovery, all one word. I am a health coach. I'm Nathan Bitzer. Um, I've uh, been in this lifestyle here for several years now, four years here in November. Um, one of the episodes I'm going to spend here is just kind of telling uh, my story, my origin story, if you will. Um, Spider-Man and Batman, um, you know, whether you have parents that were killed when you were young or you were bitten by a radioactive spider, they have a origin story as well. And I guess I've got mine, although I don't have any supernatural powers that exceed beyond a uh, some expensive gadgets or a radioactive spider of any kind. So um, that's just a little um, disclaimer as well before I start. Um, you know, I'm not a licensed health professional. Please consult a physician before making any changes to your lifestyle. Um, this is uh, my uh, opinion today and on all these podcasts is not to be intended as medical advice. So uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, my name again is Nathan uh, Bitzer. I am 47 years old as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, I grew up in Northern Wisconsin. Uh, my parents were partners in a grocery store and um, that's uh, pretty much my existence. I had an older sister and a younger brother. Um, and, you know, we uh, lived in a small town of 2000 people uh, up in Northern Wisconsin and, and they ran their business. Uh, that's all I knew. Uh, I grew up in the grocery industry and I uh, was exposed to all kinds of food um, and uh, kind of knew about a lot of how the food manufacturers worked because I basically saw it from um, my whole life uh, up through even adulthood until my parents uh, sold off their business uh, their partnership in the in the grocery store so um and you know i i would be pretty much almost anything and everything uh and a lot of it was bad uh, not good for you so um i was really uh experienced in having a, a well-versed palate of uh, of awful stuff um growing up in my childhood i was thin pretty much in grade school um and um never had any issues with weight, uh, especially until uh, probably about maybe sixth grade. I got, I put on a little weight, you know, nothing really excessive, but, you know, definitely I wasn't like real thin. I was like real thin in, in uh, elementary school. So, um, and then, you know, as I got into high school and college, I put on a little bit more weight, but I wouldn't consider myself like, you know, obese or anything, maybe just a little overweight, but um, nothing beyond that, but you know, I liked eating food and uh, and uh, putting it down. Um, and I need I need all the wrong things and a lot of them, and that was kind of my problem. A lot of processed stuff, 
uh, a lot of excess things uh, in, in my life. So, um, and I grew up, you know, like most kids in the 80s and 90s taught that, you know, fat was bad, especially saturated fat. Um, if you ate saturated fat, you know, you're going to clog your arteries and have a heart attack. And, you know, at the time, um, my uh, father, his father, my grandfather, I didn't even know him. He had passed away from a heart attack. So we knew it was in our health history. And uh, unfortunately, if we go ahead to 2016, my, my father passed away from a heart attack as well. Um, and uh, he suffered the same fate as his father. So, um, but yeah, so I, I uh, you know, kind of went through life uh, kind of normal, went to college um, and, you know, got a mass communications degree at a, a four-year institution here in Northern Wisconsin and uh, moved down to the Twin Cities about the year 2000. Um, and all that time, you know, I never really put on like a whole bunch of weight, um, but I never lost any weight. And I might have done little um, exercising here and there, um, you know, up through that. And even to when I got married when I was 30, um, you know, I um, I put on some weight, exercise, do calories in, calories out mostly. A couple times I did uh, Weight Watchers and I have some moderate success. Uh, I think at one point I lost like 40 or 50 pounds, but then I would gain it all back and then some. I would actually gain more back when I when I did that. So, um, and I probably did that at least a half dozen times, significant times where I was on like a serious uh, diet and would lose some weight and then have a little bit of success, but then get off plan or um, just go back to the lifestyle that I had. So um, I had a, I had a lot of exposure there, and and every time, like I said, I'd lose weight, I'd come back and gain even more weight than I had previously weighed when I started uh, the diet. So. Um, but yeah, just calories in, calories out, move more. That was basically what I did. And then a couple times with Weight Watchers, um, and probably was obese, probably pretty much from the years, uh, um, since 2000 on, um, I was pretty, pretty obese, um, a lot of weight that I just, uh, you know, was not healthy for me and, um, I was not active or anything like that as well. Um, and, uh, it was a struggle and pretty much. Um, I would say about, well, I, I guess before I even get into that backstory, I, I knew I had a problem with food. Uh, I kind of looked at myself like an addict or I thought maybe I was an addict and I kind of wondered what my problem was and why I just couldn't stop when I knew that I was, I had enough food and, uh, I would eat way more than I would need to have. And, even when I would eat more or more, it would be eating more of the things that weren't very nutritious or good for me. It was a lot of processed, a lot of seed oils, fast food, uh, you name it. I, I pretty much ate it. So, um, you know, it was, it was very destructive what I was doing to my body and um, was really uh, going down the path that I knew um, that I was going to be in trouble if I didn't turn things around. Um, and really got in trouble with that uh, many times and uh, knew I was not on a good path to good health. Um, so uh, like I had mentioned earlier, um, my uh, father uh, passed away in 2016 from a heart attack. Um, he didn't take care of himself either um, um, and uh, could have uh, been more responsible with his nutrition. But unfortunately, um, you know, we didn't, I didn't find out about this lifestyle until about three years after he passed. And 
um, he had passed away uh, from a heart attack, unfortunately. So that was, um, I, I knew like, I'm like, okay, there's family history, you know, two times in a row, my grandfather and my father both passed away from heart attacks. It's definitely a family history of it. And I knew that, you know, this is something I'd have to take care of, but I didn't really know how to do it because I had done dieting uh, and I'd lose weight, but then I would, you know, like I say, gain it back and then some. Um, and then uh, I started to get some health complications probably about, Oh, the year 2009 or so, 2010, I got uh, asthma and I had never had it previously in childhood. Um, and uh, I also developed sleep apnea because uh, my snoring was so bad. My sleep apnea was so bad. Um, I can't remember the actual number, but you actually go have to go in to get a sleep test uh, where you sleep overnight in a, in a room at a, at a medical clinic. Um, and whatever the number of events you're supposed to have under, to disqualify you from sleep apnea, I was twice over that limit. Um, I was twice as mad. So my sleep apnea was so bad. Um, they didn't think a BiPAP was going to be uh, strong enough for my sleep apnea, which a BiPAP is, it blows in air. Uh, a, or I'm sorry, a CPAP, not a BiPAP. Uh, a, bi, a CPAP blows in air. I had to get a BiPAP, which is basically like a respirator where it breathes in and out for you. Um, and you have to hook it up to your nose. Um, that's kind of what I did. So I was in really bad shape. My sleep apnea was bad. And when I had the machine on, I did okay. But I definitely needed that to have a good night's sleep. Um, and um, my asthma, I would take uh, preventative and I'd have an albuterol. Um, just before I found this lifestyle, I would take at least one of those every day, if not both. Um, and um, I'd also probably prior to this lifestyle had dealt with a rash flare up on my abdomen. It would get all these little little hard scabs on it. And they just kind of peel off and it would never really totally go away. And that was probably for like four or five years. So um, like a, a good chunk of my life. And it was just, and I thought it was, I didn't really know what it was. I just, I asked my doctor about it. And he's like, oh yeah, it's, you know, just part of life. He kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, you know, cream wouldn't really help or anything. Um, and I didn't really know what to do beyond that. And I also have ADHD as well. Um, and Struggled with academics uh, in school just because my focus was not great um, and uh, really had to had some challenges in that regard. So um, I really put that on and um, and I was in really bad shape. Uh, the Kind of my. My um, heads up that things were really not going well was in June of 2019. I had a doctor appointment on my annual physical, and it usually wasn't good news. I weighed in at 319 pounds. That is my highest recorded weight that I know of. Um, I, I think I might have been at least 10 pounds higher higher than that, maybe 330. Um, but I never really got on a scale that much, so I don't really know for sure. But my highest recorded weight was 319 pounds. Um, and I uh, got my A1C tested, and I was at a 6.0. And for those of you who don't know, uh, that is considered pre-diabetic. Now, they don't consider it diabetic, but they're saying you're kind of in the danger zone. Uh, at least this is how doctors kind of treat it. Uh, and my doctor said, basically to me, if you hit 6.5, we're going to have to put you on metformin. And I, I kind of thought that once I had diabetes, it was like an ailment or a disease that you catch and you can't shake, like a virus. And like, um, I didn't think it was a virus, but I thought that's what it was. Like once you get that chronic condition, you can't shake it. 
Um, so I, I was like, well, maybe there's something I can do to prevent it. Like, he's like, you got it. Well, he's like, you should just lose weight. He didn't really tell me how to lose weight. He said, lose weight, you know, other than, you know, maybe eat fruits and vegetables and exercise and kind of go that route. Um, so I, I did that for like the summer a little bit, um, and maybe lost five, 10 pounds. And, you know, I was walking a lot, walking miles and miles, like just trying to be active and not sit around and, you know, we have hot, hot, humid summers in Minnesota, so uh, I probably sweated out most of that. But I didn't change the way I ate at all um, and uh, and just really didn't take advantage of that. So I didn't really move the needle that much. Um, my big moment came later on is, is, I call it my light bulb moment, where I kind of put things together um, as if the 6.0 A1C wasn't enough to scare me. Uh, I actually put that on uh, in the, uh, um, but yeah, so I, I had that, uh, uh, the, my light bulb moment in August of 2019. And that's when I saw, uh, my wife at the time, I, now my ex-wife, uh, had rented a movie called fat, a documentary, because a friend had posted about it on, on Facebook. Um, she was a big fan of Vinnie Tortorich and I didn't know who that was. I didn't know what this was. Um, oh, and prior to that, I should probably preface that around the time of my doctor appointment in June, my sister told me about the ketogenic diet. Um, and I kind of asked her what it was. I had heard the word. I didn't know what it really was. Um, and then the way she described it, I'm like, oh, that kind of sounds like the Atkins diet. I was familiar with Atkins, which is very high uh, protein and uh, a little bit of fat, and no carbs. Um, so I kind of was familiar with that concept. Um, so she told me about it. I think she'd come up from Mexico to visit for the summers. Um, she's usually around for like six weeks. Um, and she said she had lost like, I think 20 or 30 pounds at that point, just doing it like for a few months, I think three or four months. And I was like, Oh, that's impressive. You know, I, I didn't think of taking any action or thinking I, I could apply it to me because I thought Atkins was a little nuts. Uh, I actually remember a coworker probably about over 20 years ago being on the Atkins diet and I kind of made fun of her. And now I kind of feel bad about it. Cause I'm like, you know, I thought it's insane. What are you talking about? You can eat all this fat and protein and lose weight and be healthy. And now I know a lot differently. Um, that's for sure. So, um, so yeah, I, I was familiar with it. I heard the word ketogenic and then I saw this movie fat documentary by Vinnie Tortorich in August of 2019. And that's when I had my light bulb moment. And if you haven't seen the documentary, um, it's very informative, talks about the history of nutrition, uh, the history of the government on nutrition, kind of advising that saturated fat was a bad thing. And, really talked about studies that, you know, maybe um, point out that fat was actually pretty good for you and is actually an essential nutrient uh, and that we shouldn't be scared of fat. And maybe it's the carbohydrates that are causing the problems. And he kind of also asked the question, like, you know, if we've, if we've taken fat out of all these foods, why are we getting consistently more unhealthy every year? And if you look at the national trend of heart disease and diabetes, we're just ticking up really quickly. So um, and it's just been something that, uh, has really been going up and on for, I mean, ever since I've been alive for sure. So, um, I, I watched this movie and I was like, holy crap, this makes a lot of sense. And this kind of sounds like the ketogenic diet that my sister was doing. And, you know, I talked to her a few months prior to that. Um, and I just, I, I kind of like, this makes sense. I think, I think I could maybe do this. So I was like, look, I was doing a lot of research. Um, and I was kind of stumbling around going through and I was watching a lot of videos, a lot of, a lot of Dr. Ken Berry, Dr. Eric Berg, Thomas DeLauer, 
the diet doctor came up quite a bit. Um, and so I knew a few of these like YouTube personalities, uh, video is a better format for me, probably because of my ADHD. Um, and it could hold my attention better. And I would listen to them. I listened to a few podcasts as well. Um, and, and everything. Now you think I'd have my light bulb moment in August of 2019. You'd be like, oh, well he took action that next day. Not necessarily. I'm a very analytical person. I like to review a lot of things. So I'd review the pros and the cons of the ketogenic diet. Um, and I, I would really look at the cons of the ketogenic diet and they really couldn't come up with anything solid. I mean, there were people that said like, oh, it'll give you heart disease and it'll kill you and everything. But I think I was so afraid of diabetes. Um, and I didn't think, I didn't associate uh, the ketogenic uh, diet with putting diabetes in remission. Uh, again, my doctor had told me I have to lose weight to combat diabetes. So I was just on the whole, like, I got to lose weight mindset. I didn't even think, I didn't even know about like lowering my blood sugars or anything like that. Um, so I just kind of knew that that was probably, uh, that that was, uh, uh, that that was not really correlated. So I just thought I, it was all my weight. It wasn't really what I was eating. Um, so that's when I kind of figured out like, you know, maybe there's something a little bit more to this. Um, and just the way Vinny had kind of put his spin on it. Now he's not necessarily ketogenic. He calls himself uh, no sugars, no grains, NSNG, which is, it's very keto adjacent. Um, I would say not all NSNGs would put you in ketosis, but there's a lot of people who do S NSNG that are in ketosis just by proxy and that they focus on, uh, on that kind of thing. So uh, um, I'm doing this research. I'm, I'm watching these videos. Uh, I said, you know, one of these days I just have to commit and, and go to it. And it finally, it took all the way up till November of 2019. Um, I work for a banking institution, which at the time, my position, um, we were closed on federal holidays. So it was uh, November 9th of 2019. We were, it was uh, that Saturday before um, Veterans Day. So I thought, you know, this would be a good day to start it. I just decided to start this day. Uh, I hadn't had breakfast or anything. I said, because if I get this, because I had done a little research and I found out you could get this quote unquote keto flu, which is just, you know, some symptoms kind of switching over and your body detoxing from carbs, really. It's not a flu at all. I thought, you know, why don't I just try to figure that out? Um, you know, I'm like, if I, if I have a little tough recovery, I've got an extra day where I don't have to be in the office and I can just take it easy at home or what have you. So I printed up a food list and I went to Cub Foods, which is a local grocery store chain around here, and bought all the things uh, that were on my food list. And that's all I really did. Um, I didn't measure anything. I didn't, um, you know, I wasn't counting my carbohydrates or anything. Um, and uh, I just, I think I got like some berries and, you know, some cheese and uh, I had a couple of steaks and that kind of thing. Cause there was a lot of food on the list that I loved. So I was like, you know, that I can definitely make this work. If, like, and I, and I knew I needed to find a lifestyle. I didn't need to find a diet. I, I said, what is this? What is something I can live with? That was the other thing I had going into this. And I think that's why I took so much time to research it. I wasn't looking for a diet. I was, I was looking for a way of living. And even today, I don't know if I necessarily will be ketogenic the rest of my life. Um, I think I'll probably be low carb. I can't see myself um, getting a lot of carbohydrates in my body. I just don't think my body reacts well. But I think I'll, I'll be in this lifestyle for a very long time. Um, but uh, for now, I, I'm staying in ketosis land, and that's where I like to be. So uh, I, I do like uh, doing that. 
Um, but yeah, uh, Vinny's movie was really uh, earth shattering and groundbreaking to me. Um, and it really inspired me to do more research and I figured things out and um, really tried to kind of take on everything that, uh, that I could do to manage my health. So I, I, did, I had that food list, uh, came home and the first weekend um, I, you know, was eating whatever I was eating. I wasn't counting anything. I didn't weigh myself, so I don't know how much I was actually before the, the start of it. So 319 is my hardest, heaviest recorded weight um, the last time I officially weighed myself. Um, and I think I might have weighed myself uh, in between those months when I was trying to work out in the summer and, you know, lose weight. But I never, I never recorded it, so I don't remember what it was because I had an app and everything, but I would never have bothered to record it. So I'm sitting there. And, um, I kind of got like a mild headache on Sunday. So the next day, um, but other than that, I didn't have like any pain or discomfort. They were really talking about it uh, by Monday. It was kind of gone away. I'm like, Oh, well that, that was pretty good. So I didn't have any symptoms there. Um, the other thing I noticed within a few days, I wasn't taking my asthma medication every day. Um, I didn't need my preventative. I didn't need my inhalers. Um, and I probably went like a four or five month stretch where I, didn't even touch an inhaler. And that was interesting to me. That was probably the biggest change I noticed immediately was that I didn't need to take my inhalers. Uh, so I was always short of breath and having to take my preventatives, which are filled with steroids, which I prefer not to use if I can avoid it, but they do help when I do take them. So um, that was kind of the big thing too. Um, and I think in that first month, again, I don't know how much I officially lost but I probably dropped at least 20 pounds. Now, here's the thing. I was eating tons of food and the worst types of foods and lots of it. So to go from that to just eating a like keto-friendly or low-carb type approach, like the first three weeks that I was doing, um, it gave a chance for all the inflammation in my body to stop freaking out and my body to like take a, could take a pause and kind of reset. And I mean, probably that a lot of that was water, I would guess, just because... I was eating so much junk that was retaining water in my body, but I probably did lose some weight on that as well. Um, I did get, uh, I did have some keto, uh, like when you start keto symptoms, uh, the worst thing I had to battle was keto breath. And that was probably like a five or six day stretch um, after I was in it like several days. And it just, the only thing I can describe it as is it feels like you have bad breath. Um, I would ask people to smell me because I felt like I was smelled so bad, but they said it wasn't really that bad. Uh, it kind of has like this acetone type thing, like like nail polish, <laughs> um, which isn't the most pleasant. But um, but yeah, they said that it, it wasn't uh, that bad, but I would feel in my mouth like really nasty. And like I'd brush my teeth like three times a day and within a half hour, go back to like feeling like I hadn't brushed my teeth since the night before. It was just kind of that feeling. But it did normalize out. Again, my body was detoxing everything, and that's that's what your bodies do when they adapt. Um, so just for years and years of eating like I did, um, that's what was happening to me. Um, and I've never experienced that since. Um, and I noticed I was sleeping better as well. Um, and um, within a few months, that rash I talked about earlier uh, completely disappeared, never came back after four or five years of battling that. Uh, I've never had, I might get a little bit of breakout on my elbows if I go off plan a little bit, but for the most part, I've never had that severe rash I had on my abdomen and I've never had to deal with any of those complications ever again. Um, 
And I battled that for years and for it to just disappear and never come back is kind of like, huh, never did my doctor tell me that this might be related to what I'm eating. He just kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, uh, I don't got any medication for you. It doesn't look like it's a bacterial thing or whatever he said. Um, but I, I, I never would have thought that, you know, changing my diet or what I eat could be inflaming me or I might have an allergic reaction or whatever it was. I still don't even know what it was. Um, so, um, so yeah, so I, I did that um, and uh, started that lifestyle. Um, I also, uh, I think, oh, so I'm about a month into this lifestyle, like three weeks. And I'm like, I finally step on the scale and I'm well under 300 pounds. Uh, I think it was like 290 at the time. Um, I was like, well, what if I take this more seriously? So I downloaded the Carb Manager app. Um, and started kind of weighing and measuring my food and, and doing that. And, you know, again, just eating the foods on the food list and eating what I liked. And my um, wife at the time uh, was very supportive and cooperative. And she obviously saw pretty quick results, like right away. Uh, even noticed that my ADHD was like greatly in check. Like my attention was like, I wasn't as cloudy as, as I was, which I didn't really notice. But other people around me definitely did, especially her. So, um, but if I, if I ever needed to eat something that was on plan, you know, she make dinner for our daughters and I would be like, you know, I don't think uh, I can eat that, but I'll, I'll do my own thing. And, you know, she would try to incorporate meals with me as well. But, you know, sometimes she, she, she supported me in my journey, which I great, greatly appreciated. So, um, I think she, um, did me a great service in that respect because I hear stories about people who have challenges with spouses or uh, you know people that live in their household that may not be supportive or kind of annoyed that you're doing what you're doing so I, I had that in my uh, in my uh, support system which it's great it's good to have community support uh, I've kind of figured out um, and uh, you know I was never really a breakfast person anyway so intermittent fasting came pretty natural to me so I'd never eat breakfast anyway um, and uh, I was kind of impressed with um, with how this was really affecting me. And I really um, knew noticed that I didn't have any difficulty uh, as much with like the other diets. Like I, I would do these like Weight Watchers or Calories In, Calories Out. I'd maybe have a, like a few weeks of success. And like I just would have these cravings that would come up and I'd had these late night things that I couldn't really wrap my head around. Um, and then with this lifestyle, it took care of a lot of that. Um, there was a mental aspect that kind of came in a little bit later, but right in the beginning, like I was, I was clicking and I was usually stepping on the scale. I mean, when you're in those early days and you weigh as much as I did, um, I'm pretty much stepping on the scale every day and it's down, whether it's like, you know, a 10th of a pound or whatever it's, it's going down. It's rarely went up. Um, and there would be just like weeks, like consistently where I'd lose like a pound a day uh, for, you know, like weeks. And um, I lost my first 70 pounds without any exercise, not even walking or anything. Um, this is in the winter in Minnesota. So um, I didn't really start working out until the pandemic hit in 2020, March of 2020, I think, or maybe it was April by then. Um, so I probably lost like 60 pounds or so. Um, in those first four months, uh, 50 or 60, um, and I never did any exercise. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I, what I took to, uh, to that. 
so um yeah i i had some really good success i was feeling better um eventually probably about a year later i didn't even need my bipap anymore i didn't i wasn't snoring and you know gasping for breath in in my uh, in my sleep so i was getting good quality sleep as well and just uh so that that disappeared um like i mentioned my rash had disappeared um the other thing is i went in for my annual physical in june um my doctor was shocked obviously because i had weighed 319 and i think at that point i was down to like 240 230 somewhere in there so i dropped a significant amount of weight in the year and he saw that huge jump down on, on my weight chart uh and he was asking kind of what i did so i i told him i was doing keto um he didn't bash it or anything i I think he's so relieved to see that my weight went down. He didn't really care like what I was doing at the time. He did still encourage me to eat fruits and vegetables and, you know, follow the food pyramid or what have you. But um, I think in the short term, he was just happy that, you know, my weight had gone down. Um, and uh, I also got my blood work done and I was no longer, my A1C was no longer pre-diabetic. I was down at that point. I think it was 5.4. Um, I wanted it to be a little lower, but, you know, if I qualifies me for being non-pre-diabetic, then I'll take that. So I was, he was happy to see that. Uh, my cholesterol was really crazy. Um, uh, my triglycerides were still a little high. Um, not as bad as they had been previously, but they were still high. And my, um, um, what's the other one? The LDL was high as well. So, um, yeah, so uh, I got my blood work done and I was really on a great track. And um, I decided, uh, and I kind of continued with it. I think there was like, uh, um, I had tweeted a, a photo to Vinny because I had never reached out to him or anything. And I said, hey, you know, I watched your movie. Um, you know, I'm down, I think it was like 70 or 80 pounds at the time. I can't remember what it was exactly. And uh, so I just wanted to thank you for, uh, you know, inspiring me. And he shot me a DM, a direct message and said, Hey, would you like to be on my podcast? And I'm like, Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, and actually I think it was like 90 pounds. I was down at that point. That was in uh, February of 2021. So I went on his podcast, kind of talked about my health journey up to that point and, um, kind of went over that and, uh, talked about all the things that uh, had happened and how his movie had opened my eyes. So, um, I was forever grateful for him for presenting that movie. Um, I had actually known about him, I kind of realized later, because he was on the Adam Carolla podcast, which I used to listen to, um, and I used to travel a lot more for work, probably about the mid, I think it was like 2013, 14, that kind of era, 2015, um, and, I, and I, I heard him talking about his lifestyle, but I never paid attention, probably because of my ADHD, so I never knew what, it, what he was really doing. Um, cause I, I think I caught into, I caught into the podcast after he'd been on several times. So he wasn't, <clears throat> excuse me, he wasn't explaining, um, what he was doing in his lifestyle. He was just kind of, um, telling the story of, you know, how he, um, um, you know, how, how it was working. I mean, people like Adam Carolla and his, uh, his fellow employees were all doing this and they're getting results as well. So it was very interesting to me, but I never knew who he was and, you know, I watched the movie not knowing who he was, and I didn't figure it out until they had a clip in the movie of him on the Adam Carolla podcast. And I'm like, oh, that's where I recognize his voice. So I knew who he was. I just never uh, connected who he was. Um, but yeah, so uh, as of today, I've, uh, I've lost about 135 pounds on this lifestyle. 
Uh, again, my uh, asthma is greatly controlled. I don't take nearly as, as much of the medication as I did in the past. Um, I do have bouts with my asthma, especially in the spring, sometimes in the summer when it's really humid. But in the winter, I do really good with my asthma, which is very uncommon for a lot of asthmatics. They usually struggle in the winter, but I guess I'm the reverse of that. Um, so uh, that's in check, uh, and I don't have any issues with my sleep. I sleep probably about six or seven hours a night, um, and I don't feel tired like I used to all the time previously. And my A1C, I think last time I got it done, which is probably about a year ago, was 5.1. So it's it's dipping down, and it's going on that downward trend. So I'm definitely grateful for that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my story. Um, you know, I've weathered a lot. I've gone through a divorce. Um, I'm uh, now a single dad. Um, and uh, the other thing was is I um, – one other caveat I'll, I'll put through this is um, I went through um, um, – so I posted like my – when I hit 100 pounds, which is about a just under a year. I think it was like 10 months in. So this must have been uh, August of 2020 or maybe September. And I hit that century mark. So I joined the, the, uh, what they, um, call, you know, 100 pounds lost or whatever. And I posted it to Facebook and I started getting like a lot of messages in my inbox, like, like got a lot of eyeballs and a lot of people were asking me like, Oh, what did you do? And what is this keto diet? And, you know, can I eat this and can I eat that? And, um, you know, like, what would you recommend? How would I start? And, you know, so I'm recommending who to listen to. And then they're wanting me to do more research and me kind of an introverted person. Uh, I don't really like spending a lot of time like delving all this research and to make people kind of go up and give away. <laughs> it's a very passive aggressive Midwest thing to do things. I'd say, you know, I could do more, more uh, like help for you, but I, I probably need you to pay me. It's a little snarky, but I was just like, you know, I, I have, I do have a job and I have to, I can't spend all my time collating this. And usually that make people go away. However, uh, one person that I was connected with an acquaintance, uh, said, Oh yeah, I'd be happy to pay you. How much would you want to charge? I'm like, well, crap. Now I got to do work. And they're like, well, what should I get charged? Um, and, um, I kind of started, uh, thinking about it. And I threw it like a hundred dollars cause that's like significant enough where they take it seriously. But, not where I was going to price gouge them. Um, so uh, I kind of decided to do that. Um, and then, um, and then, uh, kind of go from there. So, um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I did that. I unofficially kind of became a coach. Um, I kind of, my mom was actually probably my first coach. I was probably about four months in, I think when she signed up or maybe she was only like two or three months. Um, and she, uh, got involved in this lifestyle as well. And she's lost some weight and had some health improvements as well. Um, my sister has continued with it as well and she's done pretty well. Um, and it's, it's, it's gone, uh, very, very good. So, um, I, I won't say I, I'm at my lowest weight, but I'm probably within 20 pounds of my lowest. Um, so I, I try to stay on top of it and not go off plan too much. Um, I think that's kind of the key is you got to have more, a lot more good days than bad days. Um, and I know my friend Janelle, uh, she's a keto coach as well, Jamaican keto coach. Uh, uh, keto coach. Um, she kind of puts it that, you know, you can go on vacation, but you always come back home. So just make sure you're not spending a lot of time on vacation and you're home more than you're on vacation. That's the key in my opinion. So, um, 
but uh, yeah, so that's kind of my story. Uh, I am a health coach um, and you can reach me uh, on my website, nathanbitzer.com or myketorecovery.com. I see we've got some questions in the chat um, and they're asking about the movie I was mentioning. Uh, I believe that was uh, Vinny. It was earlier in my conversation. Maybe you weren't present for it. That was Fat, a documentary by Vinny Tortorich. That's V-I-N-N-I-E. And it's Tortorich. That's T-O-R-T-O-R-I-C-H. Um, and I believe as of a month ago, it was on YouTube for free. You got to watch it. Watch it with ads. But I believe it's free. He's actually made Fat, a documentary too. And Beyond Impossible, which talks about plant-based foods. But if you're going to start with anything, I'd say say uh, be, see uh, Fat, a documentary. That is the one that's the most impact, impactful for me, at least. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's the movie there. Um, Janice says, I love these stories. Did you consider the carnivore diet? I had amazing results with it. Seven months now. Uh, interesting you bring that up. I've, I don't think I've never done, done the... A, let me put it this way. I've done the lion diet a couple times, like in the, in this stretch. Now, not to get too into it, it, lion diet basically is like the carnivore diet, but it's only ruminant meat and salt. Um, and I did it for a very short term period. I think it was like a month the first time and like a month and a half the second time. So um, I've never been purely carnivore. I consider myself ketogenic. They kind of made a hybrid term. Uh, Nisha Berry did, uh, Ken Berry's wife called um ketovore which i think has some vegetables and i eat like a, a chicken caesar salad almost every day i have for like the last month and a half um and i'll have broccoli and stuff um you know and, and those kind of vegetables cauliflower but uh my my formula is that i grab a meat um and then i add some fat to it and sometimes i'll add a vegetable and that's that's what i do for meal planning that's my meal planning formula um and that's kind of uh, how I do it. Uh, yep. And she, Janice also mentions the new documentary reversed on YouTube. That's on Ken Berry's channel. Yes. Very good. I just actually finished episode five this morning and it's uh, good to hear. And uh, Nish actually asks, do I do intermittent fasting? Yep. I covered that in the beginning. Uh, intermittent fasting comes very naturally to me. Most days I do it. I'm, I was never really a breakfast person anyway, so it kind of just came naturally to me. Sometimes my windows might be a little bigger. Sometimes I do an OMAD, which is one meal a day. Just really kind of depends on my mood. Um, also, I think you kind of have to keep your body on its toes so it doesn't know when the food is coming. Um, and I think it kind of like, it does, once your body gets into a rhythm, sometimes it can kind of like bottom out. So, um, but I, I appreciate your guys' questions. Uh, I do have Lenny and Trisha here on stage. I thank you guys for joining me. Uh, again, I apologize for scheduling the room many times and it's the life of a father and things happen and my daughters tell me things last minute. So I have to make last minute changes. But um, that was kind of my origin story that I went over. Uh, whatever parts you guys caught or you wanted to contribute to. I know the two on stage here have heard my story. If you guys wanted to add any comments, uh, that would be great. Trisha, I can go to you first if you'd like to. That'd be great. Hey, Nathan. Good afternoon. Always great to hear your story um it always brings me inspiration and motivation um i just uh love the fact that you have always been consistent and always non-judgmental and always give people information that they can use to uh continue to go on with their story um question i 
you had mentioned about a rash and do you contribute the rash to uh, food you ate in the past and that it resolved? I think you said that it resolved once you started eating this way. Yes. Uh, so I don't really know what caused it. I, I almost wonder if it could have been a yeast infection or something, or I don't know what it was, but they're little small, like little scaly scabs. And I, I don't really know how else to describe it. And it would just I, like some day, some times of the year would be worse than others. I thought it was maybe related to weather. Um, I never considered diet. So when I changed my way of eating, I'd say within like a month and a half, two months, it was completely gone. And it's never, uh, except for like a couple times on my elbows, um, like when I say when I go off plan, does it come back? So I think it has to be diet related. I don't know what it is in particular um, that is making it cause that. It maybe it could be my uh, fact that I was probably uh, insulin resistant or something. It could have been something like that. Or it could have been certain foods that I was allergic to. I don't know. But whatever I'm not eating, um, I probably probably wasn't good for me anyway. So uh, if it was allergic, it's probably something that uh, that, that was occurring there. So, um, yeah, I guess I don't know for sure. Does that answer your question, Tricia? Yeah, it does. It's just very interesting because I've heard in the past that people do have like darkening areas behind their knees and and on their elbows and stuff. So thank you for answering that. It's just interesting to me to find out that people do have dermatological issues. Ooh, that word didn't come out too well. But um, when they have um, eating uh, disorders or when they have, um, uh, ooh, I, my words aren't coming out well for your podcast, but when they have tried keto or when they've tried carnivore, they seem to have resolved issues with their skin. So it's really interesting to me that you had mentioned that. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you, Tricia. And you're like, you've been on every episode, so I appreciate you coming here as well. Um, I, again, I never expect you guys to be here, but I always appreciate when you do show up. So that's just great. Uh, I appreciate it. And next I'll go to Lenny. So one thing I I was going to tell in my, my origin story, quote unquote, is I had found a group uh, in the, I think I was only on the lifestyle like two months. And I ran into somebody who knew about this group called Minnesota Ketonians. And this is where I met this next gentleman. So I actually met him before the Clubhouse app, which I met most of these people, uh, and knew him before Clubhouse. And I'd gone to meetings and met him and uh, got to tell my story and listen. And he would make all these keto treats and bring them in. Um, I remember he made a cracker. That was my first meeting. He made this cracker and it tasted like a real cracker. Um, and uh, But Lenny, I appreciate you. And uh, thank you for sitting through my origin story for the two dozenth time. Well, actually, I love your origin story, Nathan, but I just came, I think, when you were wrapping up your origin story, so I missed my chance to hear it one more time. But nevertheless, glad to be here. I love your these podcasts that you're doing. Um, but you raise a good point. So, you know, you and I met, you know, pre-pandemic as part of the uh, Minnesota Ketonians meetup group. A lot of the people that, you know, we associate with, you know, like Trish in the keto community, you know, we met on Clubhouse. But, but you've had, I think, the unique experience, well, me too, of, of meeting people, you know, both on Clubhouse and, you know, quote, IRL uh, in real life. Although, you know, we've certainly then subsequently gotten to meet a lot of our Keto Clubhouse friends, you know, like, uh, you know, like Trish, you know, like Judith, like 
um, Erica, you know, in real life later. But can you talk about, and I don't sure how much you've talked about this in the past, you know, what role did community play in your keto journey? I'd, I'd love to hear a little discussion about that. Yeah, so that's that's a good uh, good point. Um, probably the first community was, I think, and I, we still have it, but we don't use it as much. Um, my because my mom got involved a few months after me, and my sister was already in the lifestyle. We started like a WhatsApp chat, and like we'd swap recipes and stuff. Although I don't really swap recipes because I don't really do recipes, but they did. Um, and but I know like in the beginning, my mom had a lot of questions. So instead of just pinging us individually, we just kind of put in a group chat. So that was probably the first community I had. And then like shortly after it was probably the Minnesota Ketonians. Um, and then basically what it was, it's a group here in Minnesota, Lenny's in Minneapolis, I'm in St. Paul, Twin Cities. We get together in like some library room and basically meet for, I think like two hours, sometimes have a guest speaker, um, sometimes just, you know, basically go around in a circle and everyone say, shares their successes and challenges, almost like maybe almost like an AA meeting or something, you know, like you're doing a 12 step recovery, um, but no, a lot more helpful and pretty positive. And, um, and uh, yeah, that's where I met other people doing this lifestyle as well. And um, then, uh, you know, the, the, then we hit the pandemic, unfortunately. Um, and we kind of lost a lot of steam with that group because we met in person and we tried to do zoom calls and stuff, but I think just people were, uh, focusing on other things. It was just a very chaotic time. And then, uh, the clubhouse app, I think I just celebrated two years on it now back in April. So I got on that in April of 2021. Um, and that's where I met yourself or re refound Lenny. I just discovered Lenny on it. I didn't even know he was on it. Um, I just saw him hosting a room one day. Uh, I can't even remember what it was on, but it was a specific topic. It was a keto diet room. I remember that. And I met Trisha. And, um, you know, I, I met Triple J. He was probably like the first dynamic personality I remember. Uh, Eric, I met pretty quick. Judith. Um, I'm, I'm mentioning a lot of these names on my podcast. People don't know who these are, but these are people now I consider really good friends. Um, and it's just basically been about two years I've been on this app. And, uh, I've, uh, we've, sh we've shared hotel, uh, Airbnbs and stuff, and we've traveled and we've hung out and some of the best memories I've had in the last couple of years, um, have come from just being with those folks. And I really enjoy my time with them today and consider, could consider them really special. So, um, but yeah, you know, this app has really kind of helped evolve my connection and was really a godsend during the pandemic because, um, you know, we're all kind of lost and we had all this time to, you know, that we weren't doing anything. And, you know, that's how this club at clubhouse app kind of grew nowadays. It's kind of dropped off a little bit, but, um, it's, it's really, it really helped establish a lot of connections. Um, and you know, the funny thing was, um, I was actually, uh, I would attend the rooms on Fridays with uh, chef Michael Silverstein and. Now I know he's like host, uh, or he was on a uh, reality show. I think it was Gordon Ramsay's show, which I can't remember. Um, it's not Hell's Kitchen. It's the other one. Um, but it's anyway, he was chef. on. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's not Top Chef. It was Master Chef. Excuse me. Master Chef. Okay, yeah. So he was on Master Chef. I just knew him as Chef Michael, and I'm talking to him in the app and sharing my story, and then he's sharing things, and I didn't even know who he was. Um, and then somebody pointed out, I thought it was maybe my mom or something knew him. Uh, she's on stage, she'll clarify. 
And she's like, they're like, you, you know, Chef Michael? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I talked to him on the, I'm like, you talk to him? I'm like, yeah. Um, and uh, they're like, you know, he was on like Master Chef. And I'm like, oh, I said, I, I just knew him as Chef Michael. <laughs> so it's like, I, I didn't, even, I'm not into reality TV. So I, I would never know how to associate these things with, to other people. So, um, but yeah, I, like I say, a lot of, and I got to meet him in Austin last year, last July and uh meet him in austin and i uh all the people i've met just in the last uh two years has just been tremendous uh, my first event was keto friends giving in memphis of 2021 yeah 2021 um and um i just really have really thrived on the connection and like i say some of the best friends i have uh right now are these people i've met in the last couple of years so does that answer your question sir Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for asking. That's a good question. And now I'll we'll have the clubhouse member that's known me the longest, only because she gave birth to me, uh, is my mom. Uh, my mom jumped up on stage. I wonder if it was about the rash, because that's when I saw you jump up on stage. But she's known on clubhouse as Mama Barb. So Mama Barb, do you have something to share? Or it might not be about the rash or it could be. I don't know. Hopefully her audio is going to work or she's near her phone or she's hearing me. Um, I'm wondering if you hear me because I have wireless headphones on and I don't know if they can hear me. Yep. You sound uh, fine. Yes. Yep. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I'm so glad because I'm out in my greenhouse and I'm planting plants and I'm sweating buckets. <laughs> I'm going to go stand in the shade here in a minute. Um, yes, it was the rash thing. It was rash uh, because... I had been fighting uh, rash on my on my front torso, especially in my in the my skin folds and um, and then all over my belly and uh, and I had gone to, I had gone to my doctor three times about it and she just gave me different creams to try. Never had a you know any other suggestion other than do these these. Uh, these creams and I found one that worked reasonably well, but it never got rid of the problem a hundred percent. It just, um, they, they kind of diminished a little bit and then, uh, and, and were less itchy cause they were very itchy and they were like, like Nathan said, they were like little, almost like little blisters kind of sorta or pimples or something like that. So, so, uh, but when, so I spent a small fortune on creams, uh, probably for about three, three years or longer and uh and when i started the ketogenic low carb diet uh within a like nathan said uh, within a month or two they were gone they were gone and have not returned and uh and uh, the only thing that happens is if i start getting too many carbohydrates in my diet or sugars um i get an itchy scalp my scalp itches and I think, ah, you know, there's, there's an indicator right there. I need to, um, I need to cut back. It's kind of like, okay, Barb, you, you're pushing, you're pushing the limits here. So back I go. So it's my little thermometer, I guess is what you want to call it. Uh, the, the other thing that I had a really, really bad problem with, because, you know, when you're trying to watch your diet and you're taking all this advice and, you know, I was in Weight Watchers for off and on for many years and, uh, you know, it's a lot of, uh, fruits and vegetables and, um, 
and I did learn, uh, one thing I did learn from Weight Watchers is that um, I was always, was able to get the best out of my points uh, sticking to protein, my meats and stuff, and staying away from, from a lot of other things. So, but anyway, I had a lot of flatulence, you know, gas, and it was a big problem, and enough that I would invest in bottles of Beano. Uh, sorry if I, you know, getting a little bit, you know, uh, on this, but, um, but anyway, um, that disappeared. That has completely gone away as well. And uh, I do think that is a symptom of, of, of a high sugar and carbohydrate diet um, because it's gone. It, is, it has not been a problem for ever since I started the ketogenic diet. Nathan was my coach. He was our sis, uh, my daughter, his sister, uh, started it and discovered it, and, and uh, Nathan picked up on it. And I kind of saw her too and uh, kind of watched her dropping weight and stuff. And then uh, and Nathan um, started it, I know, in November of, and I can't remember, was it 2019 maybe? I don't know. Anyway, yep, okay, 2019. And um, I was kind of watching him and her, Stephanie. And I went, and so I started doing my own research. I watched Vinnie Torex. Tortorich's um, movie and was like stunned and shocked and uh, did some reading on my own and exploring and I started in January of 2020 so I wasn't too far behind him and I quickly dropped pounds as well and uh, I am currently down 40 pounds um, it's not my my total goal but it, it, it was a weight loss thing it, I started with weight loss but I like the way I feel, and um, I like my rash gone. I like the flatulence gone. I like, you know, the the higher energy and sleeping good. And um, so anyway, Nathan was my was my coach for free. <laughs> there is there is a benefit to uh, being a parent. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's kind of kind of my story, and um, and I'm sticking to it. And I'll submit my mic. All right. And that was my mother. And thanks, Mom, for sharing that. And everyone now knows in my podcast audience that you are a gassy lassie. So we'll just uh, go on from there. But uh, next we have John. John, I've talked to you several times here on Clubhouse. Um, I appreciate seeing you again, sir. You have something to contribute. So thanks for jumping up on stage. Oh, yeah. No, it's great, Nathan. Good to be here. And, uh, I love your mom's story. Um, and she said, that's my story. And, and then I said, I'm sticking to it. And she said the same thing. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Um, so, yeah, I think the low carb, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really in a somewhat of a carb addiction crisis. And um, what I found is that um, in my research to the dairy, uh, the pasteurized, anything pasteurized, of course, is raised to 175 degrees or even 275, depending on um, who's doing it. But what what's happening now, and I'm just getting ready to pull into a grocery store in Coronado, California, where I live. And they say that now they're calling it ultra pasteurized so that it's like it's grass fed, uh, but it's pasteurized. And so uh, Louis Pasteur, of course, pioneered this thing and it's all designed so that it won't create bacteria um and it has a longer shelf life and of course that's the the underbelly of the whole food supply and the and the the 
the people that deal in this, these things is they want longer shelf life. And But the problem with it, it, it causes it to be a, a dead protein in a sugar liquid it is all pasteurized food really is. Um, and, and it's whether it's yogurt, they have to add probiotics to make it somewhat healthy and have some decent ingredients or vitamins, but it's really not healthy. And so it's hard to digest. So what happens is uh, when it's hard to digest, it causes inflammation. When it causes inflammation, it's the inflammation is the root of all disease. Um, and then you get your, your whole immune system gets taxed. And so, you know, whether it's the itchy scalp or if it's, it's the, it's the eczema or uh, whatever psoriasis, that's all ready in the body and, and it gets exposed when the immune system goes down. So in other words, it's like a re reverse engineering of the disease. It all comes from, it's there. And the reason it shows up is our immune system's compromised. And so that's what I'm learning is that we're just giving, uh, I'm giving a, an avenue of destruction. Uh, I'm pre-diabetic, I'm insulin resistant, and that's causing me to compromise my immune system and then all these ailments and things, and that's what's causing the problem. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate you, you with your contributions. Um, yeah, and I wish you luck on that. I know we talked about that a while back that uh, you're trying to get kind of on track and focused. And um, Dairy is one of those foods which is, quote, unquote, you know, a lot of it's, quote, unquote, keto friendly, but you got to be careful with it. Um, and that kind of ties me back to a note that Janice also left in the chat here says keto did not clear my eczema, but carnivore, carnivore did the lesser of my health issues. So yeah, I, I'm a big believer in kind of doing food elimination or food experimentation, like removing some foods and dairy can be one of those groups um, where you remove it and you might see some benefits from it. And uh, I'm a boy. Yeah. That... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and the, the issue with the fruit sugar is that it has to go through the liver. Yep. And so, and so when we drink alcohol, it goes to the liver. And when we drink, when we eat fruit, it goes to the liver. So, and, and then the, the real issue with alcohol is that alcohol, because of its severe toxicity, goes to the front of the line in the liver. And then all the food with the nutrients goes to the back of the line because the alcohol is super toxic. So fruit is next in line. And I grew up thinking fruit was great for you. Well, there's a guy on YouTube who does carnivory with fruit, but he's very act active. I mean, he's like a surfer and a mountain biker doing this. So people like that need the muscle glycogen. So they need the fruit. But, um, you know, as we get older, we become more sedentary and we might just be walking or we might be slow jogging or bicycling and we might be doing 10,000 steps, which is nowhere near what we really should be doing. Um, we, we, we don't need all the muscle glycogen. Um, so, and then of course, it's not until you run out of muscle glycogen that the ketones actually are made by the liver. That's the other tie in is that if you want the liver to be healthy and you can, you know, when your liver's active, you're going to the bathroom often, that's saying, I got a good liver. It's flushing all of the toxins out. I'm having to go to the bathroom a lot. That's because guess what? We're not taxing the liver. We're not creating stress for the liver. We're allowing the liver to function. So absence of alcohol, absence of dairy, in my opinion, strong uh, indicator gluten. Uh, and of course, the sugar, the carbs is the real killer. So, but yeah, I just thought I'd share those things because I'm finally connecting the dots on all of this, Nathan. And 
it really helps me to listen in on the rooms and get you guys advice as well and feedback. Thanks. Oh, you're more so welcome, John. And again, I thank you for coming up and giving your contributions. And uh, yeah, I appreciate that insight. Um, yeah, it's true about the liver. Um, that's, that's a, I know sometimes I pee a lot more and I think it's probably when I've been more off plan or not following my diligent lifestyle and then I get back into it. Like that's when I'm peeing more. So that's probably a big part of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I thank you for that. And uh, I'm kind of catching up to the comments here, Anna. You said oxidate, oxidative priority. I think that was probably in relation to the alcohol thing that he was commenting on. Um, but yeah, but I think that's where puts alcohol first and he lives, he also lives where it grows quantum physics. I'm not sure I know what that is in relation to. Um, but yeah, uh, Anna, I appreciate it. And Anna Freeling, um, she's, um, here, uh, she's got a great group called sugar X global. If you, I know I touched on my food addiction a little bit. Um, they do some really good work, host some really good rooms on Clubhouse. I think it's every Wednesday afternoon um, and really gets into the meat of like the whole food addiction process. And um, I was kind of surprised that I was only a couple blocks away from her this April and I couldn't connect with her. But uh, maybe one of these days will cross paths. Um, but uh, I've enjoyed her rooms and her content and she comes to these rooms and shares. So I appreciate it. So yeah, this has been a recording for the Nate Bitzer podcast. I'll be putting this up probably uh, in a couple of weeks. I've actually got plans for my episode next week. I think it's going to be about the Keto Orlando Summit, which is I'm recording tomorrow. I'll have Erica Bell and some others with me uh, to record that podcast. So if you guys want a preview of that, you can come check out that room. It'll be in my Keto Recovery here. Uh, I believe that taping is in a little less than uh, like in 22 hours. Um, yeah, it's one thirty Central. So um but if you want to check out that uh, the keto orlando summit it's a great event but uh, i'm just creating uh, some podcasts here just to get some material get some other people exposed to clubhouse and this lifestyle and as well so um but yeah thank you guys uh i don't know if anyone had any closing thoughts but i can go ahead and shut down the room i appreciate all your contributions Well, with that, I will go ahead and close the room. Uh, again, I appreciate Trisha and Lenny for their contributions uh, coming up. Uh, they've been in every single episode I've had so far. Um, so I appreciate that. And then my mom, um, Mama Barb, came up. And John, great to see you as well. I hope to see you to more of these. So you guys have a good afternoon. And we'll see you in the keto streets. <laughs>